This is the Inside Track podcast by the BVRLA. Join us as we speak to high-profile guests from across rental, leasing and fleet as they discuss their careers, react to the latest news and look at what may be coming in the future. Hi everyone, welcome to BVRLA's Inside Track podcast. Uh, I'm Adam from the team and I'm joined today by Dan Burt from Tusker. Uh, so thanks for joining us, how are you getting on? Not bad, thank you Adam. Um, busy, busy as always with... Uh... How the business is going, it's growing and doing well. So. <laughs> Excellent, good to hear. Um, now, I know, Dan, your primary role within Tusker is within sort of the customer excellence team and you've been doing a lot of work in that area as a company. Um, but what I'm hoping to, to discuss in more detail with you today is the work you've been doing more recently around the team's mental health um, and any well-being projects, because I know it's an area, um, as a company, you've been very active in, in recent years um, and you individually have been you know, helping to lead the way on that. Um, so I was wondering, just to kick off, can you give us a bit of an overview of your overall role and then how this has become part of it? Yeah, of course. Um, so in my <clears throat> core role within Tusker, um, my role is to essentially look at the service that we provide our customers. Um, within my team, we have dedicated focus um, to look into any service uh, challenges, uh, be it external, be it internal. Um, and work a way to add value um, to uh, making sure that the service is provided as expected um, and better. So we will always look to uh, find efficiencies, um, to make simplifications uh, and things along that kind of line, uh, which then benefit us from a business ourselves, but also for the customers. So it's a, a dual benefit. Um, and yeah, we, we generally deal with more escalated communications from customers directly um, that relate to the, the service that we provide to their employees. Excellent. And then with your the development of your role and your involvement with sort of the mental health first aid team and, and in that area, um, can you give us a, a bit of a potted history, I guess, on what you've been doing and some of the key timings um, you've been sure. rolling things out from? Okay, so the um, inception of the team, <clears throat> thinking back to when it first started, was back in December 2020. Um, the business basically made a decision to put time and effort um, in, well, more time and effort, I should say, um, into the focus around mental health. Um, so one of the key things that we like to kind of mention to people is that first aid is a very common thing uh, within most businesses. You have first aiders. Um, but mental well-being is also a subject that does require uh, aid at times. Um, so the company introduced um, having a dedicated team that focuses on the mental health of, of the company. Um, they're, I mean, we, sorry, talk about them. Um, we're a resource for all members of staff from frontline to full-on senior managers. Um, that if they need support or if they need someone to talk to or if they need to be signposted, um, we provide that kind of benefit or service to them um, and to promote basically general good well-being. So that's our kind of main aim of what we do. Uh, the team uh, started as a, a team of five. Um, now the, the team itself is quite a broad selection. We've uh, got managers, we've got um, team leaders, in, in my case, um, we have uh, some front line uh, members of staff as well. Um, the idea being is that one, it shows that within the team, it's made up of different levels to understand different uh, triggers or effects or 
uh, things that can affect mental health. Um, and yeah, we, we, we just aim to make sure that everyone knows where we are. So they can approach us either face-to-face -face, um, or we have a dedicated means of communication from an email box that only we uh, monitor um, as mental health first aiders. Yeah, I think that, that point you made a moment ago about sort of, you know, general first aid versus mental health, it's, it's so apparent it's that sort of invisible element, I think, with a lot of mm. mental health issues, isn't it? You know, if somebody comes into the office and they've had a skiing accident and they've got their leg in a cast, mm -hmm. you know immediately it's, it's that quite something's wrong. Yeah. And, <laughs> and also people would, I think, immediately make a few sort of concessions. You know, they'd help them sure. up and down the stairs or offer to get them lunch, mm -hmm. etc. You don't have that visibility with something like depression, anxiety, stress, any of those. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, to me, where it's obviously important to make make that awareness, make that acceptance a lot wider, which I guess is kind of the whole point of what you're setting out to achieve. Um, obviously, starting starting in 2020, um, I assume that the pandemic and sort of working from home practices played a key role in that. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think, and I'm sure everyone listening uh, can appreciate, the pandemic caused quite a, a shock to normality uh, with a lot of things. So with working from home, um, you're then kind of pushed into an environment which is not normal from what you have previously been uh, quite comfortable with, which is coming to an office and, and working within those four walls. Um, there was the uh, restriction of interaction with other people, um, which is a very, very important thing for the human species. We're a community-based creature, um, so that would have had impacts. Um, and yeah, just the, the general restrictions that were kind of put on our lives uh, based on the uh, kind of rules at the set um, and the safety precautions that both individually people were taking as well as uh, the rules that were set out by the government. Um, so it was a very big culture change for a lot of people. Um, the effects of it were definitely felt in different ways for different people. Um, there, there's so many variables that can affect mental health um, based on external uh, factors that it is near impossible to say there, there's no one answer for everyone, I think would be the easiest way to put that. Um, but yeah, so definitely it came at a very important time. Um, I think the focus of mental health within Tusca. Um, and I think the benefit of the team being set up has provided a, a, a massively great benefit for the well-being of, of the staff at Tusker as well. Mm. That's, that's very encouraging to hear. And obviously, as you said, I think that it was probably that watershed moment almost, for, for lack mm. of a better term, which really accelerated it into sort of company psyche. Sure. Um, obviously, a lot of companies were paying attention to it, mental health and trying to address it beforehand. But I think mm -hmm. that that shock to the system, to working practices, to everything, sort of really accelerated a lot Absolutely. of programs or just put the spotlight on. Um, have you found that as sort of a degree of normality is returning and there's a bit more routine around people working in the office and policies are coming back into place there, has that changed how much people may be leaning on the team or what kind of issues are being shared with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we definitely are seeing far more people kind of coming into the office nowadays. Um, however, we still have a, a, a small population of people for, for different reasons that have not been in the office for a very extended period of time. Um, so one of my colleagues, um, let's say within the last couple of months, has been the first time that they've actually come back into the office in 
nearly two years. Um, and with that, so where I mentioned before that the, the pandemic caused us to have to alter our behaviors and our mindsets with a lot of things, it's actually flipped now. People are actually having to adapt and uh, almost remind themselves how to be in a social environment again. Um, I mean, one example I've given people in the past is that before the pandemic, you would come into an office that was filled with people and you would acclimatize to the noise and the ambient kind of uh, situation of, of where you were. Um, but then when the pandemic hit, you were then generally um, speaking, uh, put into a situation where it was just yourself. The, the noises were just the whatever's happening at home. Um, now people are having to reacclimatize to the hustle and bustle and the <clears throat> sharing the kitchen to make your coffee and, and things like that. So all, all these things can have an impact on people's comfortability. Um, there's obviously the element of, of health as well. Um, so th there's a lot of uh, things that people are considering nowadays um, that, that can trigger or can affect um, people's well-being. Definitely. And like you say, where those norms were very well established beforehand and you know people obviously everyone has a different you know amount of space that they're comfortable with to another person mm. i think the spotlight is on that again more more so now so mm. you're a lot more conscious of other people's space and everyone has mm -hmm. a different threshold um i guess like i say a lot a lot of firms and I'll, it'd be interesting obviously to hear about tusk but a lot of firms will have sort of a mental health or a well-being team set up mm -hmm. Often, I think they work independently of sort of, you know, the more formal HR and, and policies. And with that return to work and that retraining of how people operate, those two very much come together. You know, how many days of people in, how many people in the office at one time, et cetera. How closely do you as a team work with sort of the decision makers at a HR level and sort of the policies to sort of make sure that people are comfortable? Um, <clears throat> simple answer to that is very closely. Um, we have a, a representative from our HR team involved in our monthly meetings that we have as a team for mental health. Um, the <clears throat> combined efforts between the HR element and the mental health basically allow for um, the business to provide any um, assistance or um, equally to advise us of any restrictions kind of if we come up with ideas of what we want to do they can advise if there's any um, form of uh, restrictions that the business can provide in that in that regard um, but it's a very healthy relationship so we have um, a good working arrangement uh, I would say with HR um, HR respects us as an individual element um, we portray ourselves to people as well but we're uh, separate we're not in the same remit as, as the HR world um, the only time that I guess we would ever take action with HR would be in say escalated situations that require that um, otherwise we are independent so people can approach us without any kind of fear of um, feeling that anything they share or discuss with us um, is then passed on to HR um, literally the only time that we would ever pass on information to our HR team would be if there was a concern for safety of someone. Um, but other than that, it's it's purely between the person and uh, whoever's supporting or the team, um, if it's the case that we're, we're sharing the responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, again, 
probably where some people previously have been apprehensive to say anything, sure. haven't they? You know, I think people are often very conscious of how they're perceived by their colleagues and, mm-hmm. um, you know, in some environments, if it's seen as a weakness or, you know, it could count against them. And I think it's absolutely the right approach to, to draw those clear lines because, you know, that's that's not what it's about. It's not trying to catch people out or sort of no. get, get their secrets. It's just giving them that opportunity to share, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and comfortability is, is kind of the key. We <clears throat> we put a lot of focus into making sure people are, are, are very well um, informed that we are that uh, kind of ring-fenced um, group uh, that they can talk with. Um, so I mentioned before that we have a, a dedicated email box uh, that, that's set up for people that may not have um, the ability to approach us directly face-to-face um, or if they're preferred means of communication with us is by email. Um, any email sent to that box is outside of the purview of HR or the business as a whole. It's purely for the mental health first aid team to um, be there should support be requested. Excellent. And then beyond that inbox, um, I guess what kind of, uh, sort of support is available? Do you do sort of certain events or make certain materials and contacts uh, to the team? Yep. So, I mean, obviously, the the prime focus uh, with activity at the moment is is podcasts. Um, we do them on a, a monthly basis, and they there's a lot of subjects, obviously, that fall into mental health, and we're gradually working our way through, um, kind of giving a voice to these subjects. So, the the key with the podcast is that it's more about initiating a conversation, getting people to think about these things, um, as well as for anyone that may be personally affected uh, by any of the subjects to know that people are willing to talk about it and that they've got an avenue to uh, seek support, um, to potentially even get in contact with other people that are, are, are going through the same experience and so on. Um, so whilst the podcast is obviously one of the main uh, things that we do, um, we are building on activities so at the moment um a little secret at the moment but um we're planning to do a, a wellness walk um which basically feeds into the benefit of going for a walk um it's good for the uh, mental well-being um it's good for fitness um but how we're going to try and do that is that we're going to organize within the business to be able to go for kind of a, a, an organized walk. Um, we're working on little details about maybe having like waypoints where they can have uh, an information card or a stamp maybe to kind of do it like a, a coffee card, um, things like that. So making use of what we have is important. Um, where we're lo- uh, based in Watford, we have an amazing business park that is very good for walking around. Um, and there's other uh, avenues that we're kind of looking into. So uh, we're trying to find out within the business um, if people have any kind of creative hobbies that they're happy to share or um, help others get into. Um, because one of the uh, good things about being creative, it's again, good for mental health um, itself um, and potentially depending on what it is, can be quite fun. Um, but yeah, we, we, we look at, all possible ways to promote good mental health, um, but at the same time, not make it too strenuous that actually turns people away from it. We don't wanna make it too complicated. Um, Sometimes simplicity is is the key to it. 
absolutely I, I couldn't agree more on on that one I think especially for a topic like this where I presume you know across the team there's probably a very diverse viewpoint on sort of how important it is how necessary it is and sort of seeing the the value of giving it the attention it perhaps deserves sure. um, I mean just to sort of as we sort of draw more t- towards a close are there any particular sort of tips and tricks you might want to share with other members who maybe a, a bit further behind you on sort of the process to putting the focus on sort of mental health and team well-being um i think involvement is is the key to <clears throat> what we kind of do moving forward so um i personally uh, with the podcast where possible i try to get the business as a whole involved as much as possible um, so one example, our most recent podcast was actually themed around menopause and andropause. Um, and because that's a a very big subject, um, it's a, a very, I mean, I actually learned quite a bit from researching it for uh, the podcast to be recorded. Um, what I decided to do was actually send out an email to the business. Um, and that's literally everyone in the business to say, look, um, if you have uh, questions or if you have uh, experiences to share, um, please do so. So promoting that involvement um, was key. And then what I also did was from the responses uh, that I got, um, introducing them into the podcast, mate, it, it, it just reaffirms that people are listening, um, that they're taking the time to consider what's been shared and to also put the value on sharing and how valuable that could be for another person. So their account could fit exactly into what they're experiencing right now. Um, or be something that has opened their mind to think about in a different way. Um, we're only limited by our own imaginations, and if the case is that you can't think past your thoughts, sometimes it's it's good to get other people's opinions and um, look at it that way. Amazing. I think that's that's exactly it. It's bringing everybody on that journey with you and yeah. sort of getting everybody to buy into sort of the value of it all and sort of the, um, the thinking behind it. Um, sure. Obviously, the the anonymity that you you discussed earlier as well, I think, is is crucial for mm-hmm. you know where people might be looking for support. Um, and then I guess it's just any anything else you'd like to share on on the topic or sort of why you might encourage other members to to get involved and put some resources behind this kind of thing. Sure. Um, I think I guess the the best thing that I can say is the 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 level what's required to put focus on mental health it doesn't take much um we do the podcast using our um phone system um so use the technology that you have you don't need to invest in a recording studio um, we certainly haven't done that um but making use of technology that you have uh, i think definitely in this day and age after the covid uh, kind of pandemic um, a lot of companies have the means of virtual meetings they have the ability to record it that's literally all we do um we have a discussion about subjects record it and share it it's as simple as that um one of the other keys i would probably share would be to vary the style of information so whilst we do uh, the podcast uh, we will also send out uh, emails to the business we will try to arrange um wellness um events uh, activities um don't just stick to one thing that that would be my advice um and with regards to the subjects um the important thing to remember with mental health there isn't really no subject that's not valuable to the people within your business um 
mental health is a very, very, very broad spectrum um, subject and covering off of those will take time. I myself, I'm working through a list that I've put together. It by no means is a exhausted list. Um, but yeah, um, focus on, on really kind of where you think would benefit the most for the business. Um, one particular podcast was focused around people coming back to the office, for example, when we started seeing more and more people coming in. Um, that kind of return created anxiety for quite a few people. Um, so we gave a voice to that anxiety uh, by by choosing that topic in that respect. Yeah, I think that's um, yeah, all, all very valid. And I think, like you say, it, it doesn't necessarily need a huge you know, business case and huge budget to, to make the first step. Um, obviously from there, programs can always develop, but Absolutely. That the importance is getting started, isn't it? And offering that support to, to team members who may not otherwise have that outlet. Um, but no, that, that was perfect. Thanks so much for your time today, Dan. I think there's some, some fascinating insights, some great background there. Um, and hopefully yeah, some, at least some of our members will be able to, to put it into practice and develop some more pieces themselves. That's great to hear.